0: Tune in to The Fintech Files for exclusive interviews with fintech executives and thought leaders. We will talk about how the industry will overcome the crisis that has marked the start of the decade, how it can be part of the solution, and how the financial world will evolve in the next decade. This is your host, George Alafaris from Arama. Today, I'm speaking to Olivia Minock, the editor of Fintech Alliance, a government-backed digital ecosystem for the UK fintech industry. And we're going to talk about how fintech can have a positive impact on society, not just in the distant, vague future, but in the short term. Olivia, welcome to the Fintech Files. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So you're the editor at Fintech Alliance, government-backed digital ecosystem, uh, working with the UK fintech industry. Can I start by asking you, as we're recording this mid-August, how do you see the industry? Um, Are we in a good shape in the UK FinTech?
1: Sure, well, um, it's obviously quite a turbulent time for for many companies at the moment. Um, Personally, FinTech Alliance, we're just trying to be there for our community as much as possible, and listen to their needs and their experiences. Um, I think there's a lot of challenges from an investment perspective. I think we've experienced uh, the lowest FinTech investment we've had in a couple of years. But at the same time for many fintechs, I think this is a really great chance to step up to the plate and be there for their customers. Um, I think it's been seen as like the first big challenge and test of resilience for for a lot of fintech companies. Um, So while some businesses will struggle, I think many have shown they can innovate um, at pace and at scale. Um, So it's been interesting to see a few developments around sort of contactless and things, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. I think overall, yeah, it's, it's difficult, but I think it's it's been a good chance for many to show um, show how well they can do.
0: Hmm. Yeah, we seem. I mean, you know, I speak to a lot of people in FinTech and there seems to be great resilience and some, of, many of them I would say are, are thriving. So compared to other sectors, probably not the, the bad place to be. Um, so can we talk a bit more about the FinTech Alliance? Uh, many FinTech would, would know it, but uh, what does the organization do?
1: Sure. So um, as you described, FinTech Alliance is a fully digital ecosystem for UK FinTech. Um, We run a lot of events online. Thank God we didn't set up as an events company uh, because we set up as a digital ecosystem, which is obviously uh, great at the moment, um, really positive. Um, So we were set up in line with the aims of the UK government to further the contribution of FinTech to GDP here in the UK and just to help develop the industry. Um, The three main challenges we intend to solve are access to market, access to capital, and access to talent. Um, So this works for both UK fintechs who want to expand within the country and beyond, but also for foreign companies who are looking to get involved in in the UK. Um, So we do that in a number of ways. We provide access to education, uh, mentoring, diversity hub, where we help companies become more inclusive. Um, We have a jobs board, news and insight section, which people get me in their inbox every day, whether they like it or not. Um, we'll like it, we'll we like it. like it we like it that's good. at least someone's reading it um but yeah we just try to kind of be a real platform for, for other companies to share what they're doing and really shout about what they're doing um companies of all shapes and sizes as well so got a mix between big challenger banks like revolut to very early stage startups who might just be looking to raise their their seed round and we've got some large tech companies and larger banks as well so it's anyone who wants to really do things that are innovative
0: within, within financial services. Yeah. And it's a fascinating space to watch because there's so much uh, innovation and so, so much, uh, to be done. Um, so can I, can I continue by asking a little bit about your career personal question? So you used to write a thing for business and now you're the editor for a FinTech organization. What, what drew you to, to that particular role?
1: Sure, so I started out working as an editor on a number of different business magazines and the B2B space, um, and I was looking heavily when I started out at the Asia region, um, and obviously there was a lot coming up there about fintech in terms of not just like cool exciting ways to pay for stuff or people were picking up items in a store and not even having to worry about paying them for, for them, which sounded quite sort of cool and futuristic. Um, But there was also a lot about how markets in Asia were disparate, and some were highly tech savvy, others were underbanked, and some had leapfrogged to the smartphone and things like that, um, and the potential for fintech there to even out the playing field for those that were underserved. Um, So that's where I got interested. I went deeper into fintech. Um, The company I was at launched a fintech magazine, um, and I kind of launched that with them. And then it was time to move on and FinTech Alliance was launched last year. Uh, it was announced by the chancellor, I think in April and then launched in June. Um, and I thought that was a really good opportunity for me to concentrate my expertise and, and skills in, in one particular sector and FinTech was, was the one for me. Um, I think I find it exciting because I like understanding how things work uh, behind the scenes and in the background um, that we sometimes take for granted. And I think finance is so, integral to everything that we do you know um, we use use things like fintech every day um, and I also think throughout any kind of writer's career you do have times where you wonder should I branch out to a different field should I change and, and go and do something else um, but for me I think fintech's a really exciting place to be and I think everyone wants to kind of make a difference in the world in some way and I, I found fintech is somewhere I feel I can contribute to that um, because obviously they say money can't buy you happiness but i'm really fascinated by money and how it can being able to manage and look after it can make people feel empowered and secure so i think that's that's where i really like to um to get that message across in fintech
0: wonderful we're going to talk about that more in details because that's definitely an interesting topic but uh, just to bounce back on what you mentioned about uh, looking to asia we had our previous guest hungry who's a uh, I would say a famous speaker in the Fintech scene who, and one of his advice for UK Fintech entrepreneur was, look East, look at what's happening in Asia, because some of the things they do are, are well ahead. Um, so um, do, do you also, well, I don't know if, if your Asian influence, uh, Asian experience also influences your role now, or if you also advise people that uh, in the same way?
1: I think it's interesting, like you say, I think things are moving very fast paced over there. So there's a lot of competition. Um, and I think one thing that's very interesting is the idea of these super apps they have, such as uh, WeChat obviously in, in China and things like that, um, which are kind of being mimicked over here in the UK um, with companies such as Revolut, for example, and just bringing all those services together under one roof. And I think there's some, but they also have a lot of challenges in terms of um, being such a vast market with lots of different, um, different levels of engagement as well. Um, which I think we have on a on a small scale in the UK, so I think we can learn a lot from that as well.
0: Mm. And another thing you, you mentioned is uh, how young Fintech Alliance is, you, you mentioned last year, So, and it seems to me that it has a huge impact, so uh, do you also get inspired by the startups that you help blossom? Do you work as a startup?
1: Yeah, I think it's so... Yeah, we were launched in june 2019 i'm celebrating my one year anniversary tomorrow with fintech alliance um, but it's been a, a really busy year for us uh, we have about 200 companies in our ecosystem at the moment um, and we're growing and we have also lots of individuals signed up to take an interest in that um, but i think being a small team and being a startup really helps us understand the challenges that some of the fintechs in our community are facing and i think that's why, you know, I mentioned, obviously, we work with government, but it was it was important for us to be independent, non-profit um, startup so we can really understand how all of that works and we're not kind of preaching from a really large organization what these startups should be doing.
0: Mm, yeah, that's very interesting. It's not like the government that's preaching. It's a startup that is like maybe you have a government, uh, which I guess facilitates the approach. Um, now, moving on to, uh, you know, what you mentioned earlier, why you work in FinTech, and the impact that it can have. And to that, I'll just add a little personal reflection on how finance has evolved in, well, for my career. And that ages me a bit, but before, financial innovation was all about engineering and doing more complex things. And certainly, I don't think many people would say, well I'm into finance to, to make an impact on the world. Whereas now, I think it's really true. And like you said, it's a, it's a good place to have a meaningful impact um uh, which which i guess also is the difference between the financial engineering and financial technology so that's that's the move we've made um so to go more into details uh you mentioned for example how financial inclusion is important um, so can you tell us a little bit first how, wh- where we are in that space and how fintech can help
1: Sure. I think, I think we've made a lot of progress, particularly over the last kind of 10 years with all these new solutions coming up. Um, But I think a lot of the products we're building at the moment are allowing people who can already do things to do even more things um, whilst others still remain underserved. Mm. So for example, you know, I think it's so exciting. I can use my FinTech apps to buy gold or buy cryptocurrency and that makes me feel really empowered with my money. But, sure many people would argue I'm not someone that needs to be empowered particularly. <laughs> um, so I think many people could be underserved due to how hard it is to build a good credit history. There's a lack of trust in, in the mainstream banking, but also some people are tech savvy, some people aren't. Um, and we all have different backgrounds when it comes to our education, our knowledge about money. Um, so I think there's been loads of great steps forward there in terms of making things the way FinTech's making simpler for people to deal with but I think there's a lot more we need to do and we need to make sure we're building these products with the entire population in mind. Um, and you, I suppose you mentioned that people don't always go into the industry to make a difference. And, but I think inclusion is just a necessity now for companies because you can't keep building products that only work for 40 or 50% of the population because eventually you're going to run out of customers. Hmm. Yeah, that's an
0: interesting perspective, right? So, uh, and that's what when you can make a difference in when the the economics of it are aligned with the, the greater social benefits so um, yeah can you explain a bit more like what's the potential there in terms of uh, tapping this this market that's well completely untapped because it's it's not included
1: sure so i think um, in the uk obviously financial services is is a really big part of our economy london being a global global hub for that um, and we have a really collaborative fintech landscape as well uh, and support from government and regulator so all the ingredients are there but i think we also need to make sure we don't rest on our laurels and let you know places like new york and hong kong steal our, our crown um so in for example i think in 2018 the financial services contributed uh, 132 billion pounds to the uk economy and then you have i believe eventually all of that will become fintech financial services will just be fintech mm. right so if we let the the fintech side of it slip then then it's going to be really damaging to that um and i think being able to integrate technology across financial services will impact every single sector of the economy as well it's not just the the finance space um for example you've got smes that are a business with less than 50 staff they make up 99 percent of all the businesses here in the uk so that's a huge impact and they employ over half the population Um, so for example with an interest yourself like you have in in enterprise fintech what we do really impacts their businesses it helps them run more efficiently keep employing people keep adding to the economy so i would say it's a much wider um impact than just employing some people in fintech or employing some people in banking for example
0: yes sure sure so it's not just about so financial inclusion is not just about having uh, um, allowing people to well i don't know they, they to use an app now because and that, they couldn't use traditional services before it's also very much about getting smes more included in in the financial system i mean raising capital is very different from a large organization perspective than for a small perspective and and then smes are the biggest employer like you said so um th- there's a lot of economic interest align in there, right?
1: I think also with with COVID, like you say, it's become more of a necessity, Um, Mm. because previously we were dealing with customers who um, thought, oh, I can't really be bothered to go into the bank, so I'll I'll just use my FinTech app and that's amazing, and it's so much easier for me. Now what we're dealing with is a genuine fear of going to the bank or of going Mm. shopping and, and things like that. So everyone, even those who wouldn't necessarily have used fintech before is now finding it necessary to have these solutions so that they can do things online or on their mobile. Um, we saw a huge surge in the first month so sort of lockdown of um, people downloading their banks app for the first time uh, because they just simply weren't able to or were, were afraid to, to go out.
0: Yeah, all right. So, so that's, that's really interesting as well because so if we try to move the needle this way, it's not just about uh, being willing to do so, but it's also about um, having a better app or things like that. And I remember you run a, a webinar on this, uh, on UX. So um, are, so things like that, How how does something like that can help?
1: Yeah, I think there's a big piece there around like we said about financial inclusion and designing these apps in a way that is simple and seamless and easy to use, um, I think is really important for people because um, there's a responsibility we have in fintech to make things, as I say, as simple as possible, but no simpler. Um, And it it opens up the space and means you don't have to have all this knowledge in order to find, find a loan, for example, or find the best savings alternative for you. Um, And I think everyone has the right to be able to access that information. Um, But I think also when we think about educating people around finance, it's maybe very patronizing of us to start teaching people what to do with their money and how to manage it better. And I think a way around that is allowing people to do this independently. So to seek out information themselves and millennials and Gen Z in particular, there's been a big shift towards self-serve and they wanna find information to make their own decision. Um, so instead of me saying to one of my friends, "Oh, if you if you ate out less, you could um, go on holiday," it's them being able to see that information and make independent decisions for their lifestyle and their goals, which obviously changes throughout their life as well.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's 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 actually simple but mind blowing because yes, people there's there's some simple rules, and I guess you can instill them into everyone by uh, cutting out on the on the lattes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some um, um, so yeah, some apps make it um, make it a game to, to save, or they, they mm-hmm. save the pennies automatically and things like that, um, which is really a, an interesting way of of seeing it rather than saying, oh, we need to educate more people. Well, we just have to make it, well, eventually making it easier for them or making it, seeing it from a different angle really in, improves the, well, let's call it the behaviors or the, the financial yeah, I, I
1: think it's also, um... In, in terms of using something on a smartphone, for example, I've heard from a lot of people that they find it less intimidating. Mm. So for example, there are certain groups from, for example, ethnic minority backgrounds and a lot of women feel 10, 20 years ago, they would have had to go to a bank manager and sit in a meeting and ask, can I have a loan? Um, which is scary for anyone, but particularly if, if you, you feel like you're not speaking to someone from the same background as you, it can be quite hard. Um, And in particular as well, people who need to get finance don't want to feel like there's a salesperson pressuring them to buy the wrong product. Mm. You know, because people feel quite vulnerable already when they're having problems with money. Um, So, yeah, I think being able to do that almost anonymously on a tech platform um, gets rid of on one side sort of unconscious bias and things like that. But on the other side, it just makes you feel like you can make the decision yourself and in your own time, which I think is really important for people
0: yes yes no it's really uh, fascinating to try to to see the future of how different things can be and tangible benefits rather than just uh, great technology that uh, great technology and great ux and, uh, uh, and that's it so um, yeah r- really interesting examples and you mentioned as well diversity uh, which goes up in pair with with inclusion um but but it's also we, we can also see it from a from a different angle and there are uh, additional well first let, let's try to get the economics first so what, what would be had diversity now what's the state of play and what's the benefits of I well, mean, it's quite obvious but let's call the economic benefits of, of uh, improving this
1: yeah so obviously it, it makes perfect sense that if you're going to build a product that works for everyone you need a team that works for everyone right um and a team that represents all of your customers um so that's something I'm really focused on at the moment is um, diversity and inclusion within the fintech industry itself and within within the workforce there, um, because that's what we need to do to build a financial services sector that does reflect society, um, so that we're not having another conversation in 10 years about what, what's gone wrong and why isn't it still serving everyone. Um, as where we are at the moment, I won't lie to you, it's not going great. Uh, so what concerns me I think is Fintech is often seen as a financial services like cool, young, hip version. Um, But actually when you merge finance and technology, you do end up with the same sort of of groups of people and you lack um, diversity. So I think we're doing really well and fintechs have a really positive attitude because they always reflect on where they can do better. And fintechs are all about understanding their customers. And that's a really key part of it, but there's still a lot of work we need to do. Um, So at the moment, um, I don't know if you know how much venture capital um, funding goes to women um, around the world. It's actually just 1% at the minute. Um, So does that mean products are being built to suit women? Perhaps not as much as as they could be, right? Um, I think we're dealing with diversity, but we deal with it quite clumsily at the moment. Um, Partly as a necessity, we need to have all these quotas. we do sometimes need to ensure we're making an effort to hire a team that's diverse in ethnicity, gender, sexuality, all these different things. Um, but it's not as quite as simple as that at the same time. It's not like, yeah. oh, we'll hire a woman and we'll hire a person of colour and then we've resolved um, all the issues we have. Um, and I think part of the problem from what I've seen, it's not just that finance and technology are full of white men, for example it's that they're full of the same white man over and over again. So they went to maybe one of a few universities, one of a few schools, probably all know each other. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, they socialise together and their experiences will all be quite similar, which isn't their fault. But that's where you need people from different backgrounds to come in. And even if you have, say, oh, we've hired some women, but they might also be from those same universities and those mm. same schools. So there's a lot of things to consider, and it's a real challenge within text-to-face, I think.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. So the the challenge is very interesting. So let me ask you, uh, how do you tackle this challenge at FinTech Alliance? So, uh, but, but um, I can imagine, you know, uh, uh, well, I can imagine being a smaller organization, there's certain uh, specific challenges. But um, yeah, if you can share, us, I don't know if you if you've encountered this, and obviously you're uh, uh, passionate about this. So,
1: yes. Um i think you you need to have everyone on board with diversity and inclusion um and you need to do that from day one you need to hire people and you need to say this is actually a really important part of our company Mm. um because you see a lot of a lot of people paying lip service you know a lot of people will will tweet out things about international women's day and they won't then support women in their office for example um and i think there's also a case of I find it such a waste of time and money when people hire a woman to their senior leadership team and then don't listen to what she's saying in meetings and you kind of think well why why are we here then this isn't productive right um mm. and i think the startup nature means there is a huge challenge um and obviously fintech Alliance as a startup we're seeking to really understand that ourselves um we recently helped an organization called InCorus with a survey into bias and harassment in the fintech industry um, mm. we're working with Level 39, Innovate Finance and Revolut on that. Um, And we'll share the results for that soon, but one of the things that's jumped out for me is that many people said within FinTech, yes, I experienced bias and harassment, I experienced certain issues and microaggressions. Did you report it? No, because I didn't know who to go to. Um, And I think that's really reflects how, it's not like you're working in a big organization where you have a a HR team and you have five different layers you can go to and, and deal with issues. Um so everyone is, I think it's even more important in a startup environment, every single person has to be committed to being inclusive and you have to keep reflecting on yourself and keep keep watching each other and watching yourself and making sure that um, that you are creating an environment where everyone feels comfortable.
0: But hmm. what I see from my very limited experience, but I've invited uh, a few women who have been also very involved with in that. So the most recent one was Melanie Parmel who's a CMO of New Coral. And she's also involved in a personal project that that goes together with her role at UCOROL who make it easier to save, et cetera. Um, And for example, what what she's saying is, uh, the way we save is not really made for women. Mm -hmm. Um, And by changing uh, many things, uh, suddenly we make it more women friendly. it's also about that, right? So having more diversity inside helps you think, uh, well, maybe making a better product or making a product that, that's, that gets 50% of the population in mind.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's really important. And I think I would agree with, with Melanie there in that investing in particular is not something women feel confident with. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting to see a lot of new fintechs coming out and tr- just trying to make it as simple as they can. And I think it comes back to the education piece um, around that. Um, making these platforms really simple allows everyone but especially maybe women who wouldn't feel as confident asking questions to find that information for themselves um, and I think as well we, we're working on a project with um, a comfortable smart purse which does financial education for women uh, called My Money Coach where advisors can donate um, hours for coaching and to women to just enable them to ask those questions about money and it does you know and acknowledge that everyone's in a different space some people don't know anything about money some people know a little bit but want to learn more and some people are thinking okay i 'm really comfortable with my money, but I want it to work harder for me so I want to invest and feel empowered to do that as well
0: hmm. um, so yeah so a lot so there's a lot of uh, things that, that are happening. Uh and on your side as well, right? So uh, very tangible things. Um, so now going back to you know, FinTech in general, um, as you see now, as editor of FinTech Alliance, you see so much happening in that space, but you have a good viewpoint. Are there any areas, any developments that you're particularly excited about?
1: yes um i think there's lots of really exciting things going on i think one thing I, I alluded to before how hard it is to get credit if you're um if you don't have a credit history right so people then essentially have to get into debt in order to um be able to um, take out a loan to prove you know prove they can get that back and it always seemed quite backwards to me uh because you could be incredibly responsible with your money and therefore you've never needed credit and then you can't get any, or you have to take out really high interest things. Um, so there's a few companies at the moment that are helping uh, using technology to actually measure people's credit score based on paying their rent on time and paying their bills on time and building up using things like AI, a picture of who that person is without enough, something as archaic as what I've had to do, which was take out a credit card just so I could build a credit history. <laughs> um, so I think that for me is really exciting I think also as you spoke about investment products i'm very excited about how people can make their money work harder for them and um, just in general become more comfortable and empowered with that Um, and i think i've been i'm really keen for just everyone to talk about money more Um, i've been reading a lot into um, debt at the moment and how people end up in debt and i was very i think ignorant towards that Um, so reading other people's experiences makes you understand how not everyone has all this information they need not everyone has the socioeconomic background where they can ask their friends or family for help and things like that so um yeah that's what i'm particularly interested in i think partly just because i'm so nosy um and i think also we work with a number of platforms that help people find the right product for them which is so important because i think you can go down a quite sometimes a dangerous path if you if you get the wrong product that doesn't suit you so we have some marketplaces we work with um Nevo, who help people find it's a, a white label platform so you won't maybe not have heard of them but their platform helps people find the right finance option for them from a consumer's perspective and they're very keen to make it as simple as possible just so people understand whether they can afford this loan or all this credit um and there's another platform we work with called raisin which helps people find the right savings platform for them um because i think a huge percentage I, I wish i could remember the figure but a huge percentage of people are losing sleep over money at the moment. Um, and we'd obviously like to see people feel just more comfortable, not necessarily have loads of money, <laughs> but just feel more comfortable and know they have a bit of a cushion. They've, they've saved a little bit every month or they've been able to do that. Um, so I think, yeah, there's loads of exciting things going on. And I think what I enjoy sometimes when someone comes to me with a solution and I didn't even realize it was a problem. And then I start thinking about it and I think, oh yeah, actually that, that doesn't work. You're right, that does need to change.
0: Yeah, no, the example of sleeping over money, I was actually talking to someone from my family over there and it's uh, not so much um, maybe the, the money being an issue, but not being sure you know, what the figure is, it, it's, it's, it uh, prevents you from sleeping. And that has a very, very tangible benefit. So if whatever solution can well, make it simpler, make it easier, make it more visible, uh, that has a huge benefit in your life, right?
1: Mm, yeah i think so and i think it's interesting how i i use kind of um, both my mobile banking with my, my main bank and i use challenger bank and i always know exactly how much money i have at any given time in my savings and everything but i think yeah for example i think about my parents they would have to go and manually check that make sure everything's okay make sure there's enough in that account whereas i can sit in a restaurant and go oh yeah i've got enough to pay for this that's fine i know that'll go through <laughs> okay.
0: dessert dessert as well <laughs>
1: yeah exactly
0: Not enough for dessert <laughs> okay, wonderful. No, that's very exciting. I mean, I think I, I, I absolutely share the, the, the excitement about the possibilities that are being offered and translating all these tech, all these talks about finance into something that, well, I don't know, help you sleep better at night is a wonderful perspective. And I'm sure that uh, you're well positioned as an editor, where you are to, to you know, help move the needles toward that. Um, so thank you so much for all your insights. Um, as a conclusion, I like to to have a few uh, light-hearted questions.
1: If make you, make me sound like I have a personality. Uh,
0: <laughs> just I'm interested in yeah, what people do. Uh, if for example you were to choose a different career path,
1: a different career path. Or oh, I always wanted to be an archaeologist as a kid. I absolutely love history. Um, then I kind of realised it involved. know sitting in the sun and digging things up for a long time and it seemed a bit less appealing um but yeah fascinated by history i studied history at university so maybe i could do something in the future around the history of money or or finance
0: (laughs) now you're getting into the future which is a different approach uh another a talent or passion that your listeners and readers would not normally know about
1: um i've recently rediscovered singing i absolutely love singing i um Made my stage debut in secondary school in our production of *Mamma Mia*, <laughs> um, which was so I know all the ABBA songs off by heart. Um, but yeah, I, my flatmate would probably disagree, but I I really enjoy uh, singing and quite badly playing my ukulele. And I think during lockdown, I've got a lot of joy out of that. Um, I came I came onto to Zoom one Monday morning with a really sore throat, and I think everyone thought I'd been on a night out or something or been drinking, but. I had just been singing along to uh, several musicals in a row. And I say singing along, performing them in my living room. So I think that, like, yeah, that brings a lot of joy, especially when, uh, when things are difficult at this time.
0: That, that's a wonderful thing to hear. And that opens a lot of possibilities on Zoom, maybe, maybe live one day. Uh, and finally, as we're emerging from the lockdown, kind of, what's your favorite place for holidays?
1: Um, I would really like to go to Singapore. I've only ever been to Singapore on business. I remember thinking, such an exciting place to be and I would love to go back there when I have more time. Um, But also at the moment, I just want to go back to Ireland because my parents live over there and I haven't actually seen them in in lockdown. So um, yeah, it'd be very nice to to go and visit them soon, fingers crossed.
0: I used to work in Singapore and uh, surely an exciting place for FinTech, but you would go for holidays. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, yeah time to actually enjoy it rather than rather than attending uh, conferences and things
0: <laughs> wonderful well olivia thank you so much it's been really wonderful chatting to you and thank you for all the work you do at fintech alliance
1: thank you thanks for having me it's been been great to chat about money which i'm just obsessed with
0: thanks for listening and thank you to our guests who make this possible subscribe to never miss an episode As this is a new broadcast, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes and your favorite podcast player, that would be great.
1: Let's work together to accelerate fintech towards the 2030s.